you know, with this parable that Jesus presents to us, at first glance, there are some troubling aspects. For one, yeah, these five wise virgins, aren't they being uncharitable? Aren't they being mean to the other virgins by not sharing some of their oil? What's up with that? Uh, and what about the response of the bridegroom when he comes? <clears throat> he says uh, to the five outside the door, I do not know you. Yeah, it may seem strange and even harsh. But if we dig deeper, right, rightly interpreted, through this parable, our Lord encourages his disciples to faithfully prepare for his coming again, for his second coming, his coming in glory. This will be at the end of time. Uh, he teaches us to use the opportunities available to us wisely. All right, so first in this parable, the bridegroom. All right, obviously, who does this person represent for us? Christ, right? He's called, notice he's called the bridegroom. He's the groom of the bride. And who's the bride? Yeah, the church, the members, that's us, right? All right, so the important key to unlock the meaning of this parable is to understand the symbol of oil, right? In the ancient world, we got to bring ourselves back to the first century Jewish context. Oil was a very um, prized commodity, right? It was probably olive oil, right? And, I mean, even for, for any chef that in the kitchen, that is a prized commodity. So we have some sense of this. But in the parable itself, the oil is used for fuel, uh, for the lamp. So being a prized commodity, this oil, in Jewish tradition, the oil was equal to good works. Good works. And this oil, it, it provides light. And light is a symbol for a life of faith that bears good works. Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, and Jesus says, Your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So you see the connection between light and good works. You know, and what is it that provides the light? Right? You need that oil. You need that, those good works. Of course, it's ultimately Christ who provides the light. But in terms of the oil, preparing the oil and gathering, accumulating the oil, yeah, that's, that's up to us. So this interpretation of oil helps us to understand why it couldn't be shared. It's not a matter of the wise virgins lacking in generosity, but the inability for someone else 
to take the credit to claim for themselves the good deeds of another person's life of faith. You know, these good works, this oil that we accumulate, it helps us prepare to meet God one day. It's not something that could be shared, but something that we must personally and wisely prepare and accumulate for ourselves. Yeah, I remember a long time ago being assigned different group projects. I don't know if you have uh, this, this experience, but um, yeah, not all the time, but, but I would say oftentimes uh, there would be one member of the group for the group assignment or you know, a group of members who wouldn't do their share of the work. Slackers, right? But at the end, you know, the whole group gets a grade, right? And then it's the people who um, carry the, the burden and the weight of, of the hard work that they pull the group, entire group, and then, you know, when the group gets a good grade, even the slackers share that grade, right? But I, I always found that troubling because... It's not fair, it's not just, right? But the God of faith is just, right? So at least he's teaching us through this parable when it comes to judgment time, yeah, it's not gonna be this group grade, but what the individual person, you know, what is the, do they have the oil? Do they have these accumulated good works? I'm going to make a bold prediction. There are many opportunities that God gives us to practice charity, to practice mercy. And I promise you, as soon as Mass is over, you're going to be presented with an opportunity for an act of charity. Everyone, everyone here. So what specifically made the five virgins wise and the other five foolish? Well, it was because the wise ones prepared enough oil. So they reasonably anticipated the delay of the bridegroom and yet remained confident that he would come back. They didn't need to frantically rush once they found out that he was returning. You know, they could sleep peacefully knowing that they were prepared for his arrival. They took responsibility for their own lives, their own decisions and actions of faith. And this is a great model for the way that we should be living. Am I living a life of authentic discipleship by putting my faith into action? Is my faith being manifested by good works? Am I taking advantage of the opportunities that are before me now to perform acts of charity and mercy? Or do I have this kind of um, lackadaisical attitude? Oh, I'll do it tomorrow or, you know, someone else will take care of it. 
Yeah, do not put off the good you could do today for tomorrow. What makes a wise disciple, at least according to this parable, what Jesus is trying to teach us today? It's that watchfulness, not cleverness or last-minute planning that makes a disciple wise. Here we have a great example by Mother Teresa. Right? Whenever there was a change, unexpected change in her schedule, maybe um, the, she was at the airport and, there, uh, and the airplane was delayed or you know, a meeting was canceled, she would say to the sisters with her, sisters, God has given us the gift of time. Let us use it to do good. So she would, in that opportunity, lead others in prayer. She would seek out people around her that needed help. And or to a stranger, she would proclaim to them the good news of Jesus Christ. When it comes to our judgment time, yeah, something we don't want to hear is, I do not know you by the bridegroom, by Christ. Then our faith, our faith needs to shine through personal actions and good works. Instead, what we do want to hear is, I do know you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah, one way where Jesus will recognize us, right, when, when he calls us, when the Father calls us home, is exactly through the sacraments, exactly through the Eucharist, right, by receiving his body and blood through our transformation. Right? Every time we receive the Blessed Sacrament, Holy Communion, Right? The idea is for us to be more like him, to be transformed into little Christs, so to speak. So that when God sees us, he sees an image of his son. Dear brothers and sisters, let us never tire of receiving the Eucharist with great love and devotion.